program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. Good morning and welcome to Success Happens. It's a great day to be with you and I just want to say, first of all, thank you. This is an opportunity for us to be reminded to have an attitude of gratitude. We have been through so much over the last couple of years, but we have a moment now to say thank you. Thank you, first of all, to each of you for listening to the show, for standing up for this great country, for being patriots. And um, I just am so grateful for the opportunity to be here with you on Saturday mornings and try, try and make a difference and share my thoughts and, and uh opinions, which sometimes can get me into trouble. But hey, if you're not stirring the pot a little bit, what fun is it? So that's the first thing. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Secondly, I want to thank my family for their support. I want to thank my friends and also our businesses, you know, for all the people who support our businesses and all the people who work with us in our businesses. There's so much to be grateful for, and we cannot do this alone. Flying solo just doesn't work when you're trying to live a life of prosperity and peace and patriotism in a godly way. So, uh, and then lastly, and not least, but most important is I want to thank God for this opportunity for a great life that I have. So I have so much to be grateful for. And it's important in these times to remember this. When the going gets tough, stop and take a moment to assess, evaluate, take an inventory, and say thank you for this, 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 and this. It's those moments that will get us through those tough times. And uh, I want to thank WFMD for the opportunity to have this show. I want to let you know that in the coming few weeks, I'm going to be announcing an exciting change. And I'm very excited about where we're going in 2023. So take this opportunity to be grateful for what we've accomplished, where we are in life. Take this opportunity to use the holiday to rejuvenate yourself, find a new spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving and, um, and appreciation. And remember that there is a reason for the season. And living a life of integrity is worth it. And sometimes that means you, you may lose some friends and family along the way. I know I have during this difficult time where we don't agree on the issues or we don't agree that, yes, indeed, the election was not what it was supposed to be. And, and those things can divide us and separate us. But if you, we focus on, on what's right and good and living a godly life, I believe that it will all turn out. That's the optimist in me. So I wanted to take that opportunity today to, to pass that gratitude along to you. And then take the season to rejuvenate because next year, 2023, is a fresh start. There's so much ahead of us, and we get to say how it goes if we're willing to. There's a lot going on right now. If you're following what's going on in Arizona, they are protesting for a revote on December 6th. 
Currently, we have a case that we've been following that just got put on the emergency docket for uh, the Brunson brothers who filed a case. It's, the uh, opposition did not file uh, in time, so it is going on the emergency docket for the Supreme Court about the 2020 election, which could impact not only 2020, but also the 2022. So there is much ado about the elections. It's not over. And these things through the justice system, as messy as it is right now, take time. And we have to have the patience and the fortitude to stand tall and stand with it through, got to see it through to the end. There's no giving up. Our country is worth standing up for it. And I was thinking about this. I'm grateful for the founding fathers and what they did for us. And think about what they put at risk. They put it all on the line for us. So that hundreds of years later, we could be fighting this battle again because it's worth it. And fortunately, they had the insight into humanity to create the founding documents that they did in the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, our Bill of Rights. These things that have been created help us right now to navigate through these churning waters. And it's important if you have the opportunity to go back and reread these documents. You'll rediscover something newly that's impacted by what's going on in current events today. So I highly recommend you pull that out and dust it off and read it again. Lastly, I want to mention that there's something currently called the Help America Vote Act of 2002. In 2002, during the Bush administration, Bush number two, they codified this Help America Vote Act and what's now called HAVA, H-A-V-A. And there are currently many, 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 many HAVA complaints that are being filed based on the 2022 general election, and I believe there's probably some uh, forthcoming, it may be too late for the primary. But people saw things, they said something, and they're filing it in these HAVA forms. You can get a HAVA form and file it. You have to go to the Maryland Election Board website. They don't make it easy to find it, but you can download that form and fill it out. I know for myself, when I went to vote, I had to enter my second page of my ballot four times. And the only way it took it was when I flipped the page over and then finally it took it. It's not supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to be that way. So that is an equipment failure. Furthermore, we know that they say that there is no interference using the Internet. In fact, HAVA complaints are being filed that say that at various polling sites they discovered the Internet being used. There was active Internet at the polling sites. 
this constitutes violations and interference in the election process. So it's so important for us to look for the integrity to be restored in our election systems, in our election officials, and if, it, if it's not, then they need to go. If they cannot be operating with integrity, they need to go. And lastly, we have to have the integrity to stand up and say, wait, I saw something, even if it's uncomfortable. Because, you know, mostly we just want to get along and we don't want conflict. But in a case like this, you have to be willing to stand up and say, nope, that wasn't right, and we need to do something about it. So I want to just say again, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to dig into some more of this. But I want you to know we love and appreciate you right here on Success Happens and some exciting things coming in the near future. So stand by for that. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and we're just going to dig in a little bit this morning um, about the elections and what's going on in that music. What you just heard is Arizona has stood up and said, we're not going to take it anymore. And they have evidence of ballot stuffing and mules taking dozens or hundreds of ballots to the various boxes. They have it on video in the most recent election. So this notion that our candidates just barely eked out of the race by their opposers. So, for example, in the case of Frederick County, Michael Huff, or in the case of Congressional Maryland, Maryland's 6th Congressional District with Neil Parrott, they just barely lost. Well, this is not, it's just not normal. It just begs the question. Here's the thing. It begs the question, why did that only happen to Republicans? I don't know of one race where the, when they came in with all these mail-in ballots, all of a sudden the race for the Democrat was overturned and the Republican got in. These things are statistically impossible, that it constantly goes this way. It's not possible that all of these races just barely lost to get the candidate for the Democrats over the finish line. So we need to start asking ourselves some fundamental questions. How is that happening? And I want you to go back. I just had the opportunity to re-listen to my interview with Draza Smith. That's one of those interviews you might want to listen to a couple of times. Because Draza digs into the technology and the techniques and how they go about upsetting the apple cart in an election. The idea that we have this bucket of voter IDs that people can use. 
And it's like going shopping. You, you, know, you know that these people haven't voted. The ERIC system tells us who's voted and who hasn't moment to moment to moment. So they can pull these votes and, ass- and a- assign them to fake mail-in ballots or fake drop box ballots. And the idea of early counting, which our legislature in Maryland pushed through with, you know, Hogan in tow, allows them to know what's their deficit, what's their delta, what do they have to overcome to win. So it's important for us to be looking at, okay, something doesn't seem right. And when we go back to this notion of integrity, if it doesn't seem right, trust your gut. Because a lot of times you, you have the sense that something's off. You know that we know that as parents, right? We've got this sixth sense, your gut. Yeah, you have to verify with evidence, right? But if something seems off, it probably is. So we have to be willing to assess and evaluate these things with a discerning mind and an intellect that forces us to look through the stuff to discover what the truth is, what the evidence is, and to move forward in a way that holds people to account. One of the issues that you're going to hear in my interview today in the second half with Robin Sachs is accountability and transparency within government and the election process is MIA. It's absolutely missing. If we cannot get our election officials to give us the courtesy of a response to inquiries that question their integrity and the integrity of the election process, well, first of all, they shouldn't be employed. They should go do something else. Because audit findings, which is essentially what we're talking about in this audit process of understanding what happened, when, where were the failures, where were the successes, what's working, what's not. The people have a right to know. And we have the right to demand to know without being called names and treated like silly school children with a dumb question. and shamed by the teacher in the room. This is the kind of nonsense that's been going on. And it's completely unacceptable. So, I, you know, the other thing I want to just share with you is that there are, and I really would like you to go on my Telegram page and on my Facebook page, and you have to go seek the information out, particularly on Facebook. I stay on Facebook for one reason. Because that's where the people are that need to, they need to hear what I have to say. Because if there are Democrats following me, which there are, um, some of them may have tuned me out by now. However, that information is important for them to have access to it. You got to go where the people are. So I stay on Facebook for that reason. Telegram is a little more of of an audience that's already in the know about what's going on. And so it's it's a matter of kind of singing to the choir. 
But I wanted to read something to you from one of the candidates in the Frederick County election. Because I asked her, I said, you know, what is what is your opinion of what happened? What, what is your statement? So this is a statement from Cindy Strickline-Rose, who ran for Board of Education. She says, I don't believe the voters of Frederick received a fair election. I do not believe the people of Frederick elected those who support teaching our children America is systemically racist. Whites are privileged or that valuable instruction time should be spent on race and gender while our test scores plummet. The people of Frederick deserve an honest election. That's from Cindy Strickline Rose. Now, I don't really care whether you like a candidate personally. This is not about personality. I keep saying we have to get away from personality politics and get to policy politics. We need to make sure that the people we are putting in power are there for our interests, not theirs. They will do our bidding, not theirs, so that we can turn this ship around. We must have the right leaders in place. Now, the conundrum is, if you don't have a free and fair election, if the system is either broken or corrupt, then the outcomes will be the same people who are pulling the lever, as I often say, will retain power and minimize you and me. So one of the things I've said on Facebook is, are you sick of it yet? Are you sick of it yet? In Arizona, they are getting ready to protest and stand for a re-vote in December, nullify the entire vote. Is Maryland able to do that? Everybody says we're a blue state. Are we? Do you think the people in Baltimore want to continue the policies that have Baltimore the way it is? I don't think so. I don't care if they're a Democrat, Republican, Independent, or Green Party or Libertarian. There is no way, as I've said before, in God's green earth that the election went the way it went with progressives taking over while Biden et al. are destroying our country. It just doesn't compute. So we have a right to know, and it's important that you and I are willing to take the steps, nonviolent but vocal, to turn our government around. And if people have broken the law, they need to go to jail. It's simple. That is the American way. But we somehow are tolerating thugs in our streets and thugs in our state capitals and thugs in our courthouses. I don't believe that's what the founding fathers envisioned. They would be mortified to see what's going on in our country today. 
for all their bloodshed, for all the risks that they took, for all their loved ones lost, to be where we are at this moment in time, well, that would just be devastating. I know I feel that way. This is an opportunity for our voices to be heard. But the challenge that we have is that they're really good at the shaming and blaming game. So that you and I feel reluctant to stand up and say, wait, 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 this isn't right. Because I'm being called an election denier. No, I'm standing up for constitutional rights and freedom and a democratic process, which is what we are as a nation, unless they rip it away from us. So this is your opportunity to have your voices be heard. If you saw something that smelled funny or looked funny during the election process, you should fill out a have a form and submit it to the election office and also send it to a Natalie Abbas 13 at gmail.com. That's Natalie Abbas 13 at gmail.com. They are tracking these from all across the state of Maryland. And I believe similar efforts are happening in Pennsylvania. Because there is no way that Fetterman won that election honestly. And I believe that the support that Doug Mastriano had, despite the GOP, which is a whole nother conversation and maybe a whole nother show, despite the lack of support and, in fact, the barriers put in place by the PA GOP to try and take Doug down. Lastly, I want to say something about the Maryland GOP, and then we're going to go to break. And when we come back, you're going to listen to Robin Sachs, an interview I did earlier in the week. The Maryland GOP doesn't run us. We need to run the Maryland GOP. It is time for moms and dads and sisters and brothers and small business owners and school teachers and uh, garbage can collectors and, you know, all the people from across the state need to start getting involved in the Central Committee which elects the GOP. That's your central nervous system for the GOP here. We need new leadership, and we need you. This is a moment in time for you to step up and answer the calling to serve your country and your community. Because if you're not going to do it, who's going to? You're the one. I'm the one. That's it. So this is Natalie Abbas with an election fraud update. A recently filed RICO racketeering case, Gibson v. Maryland, includes defendants from 21 Maryland jurisdictions, Baltimore City, state and local election boards, and CTCL, which is a nonprofit funded by Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, with Zuckerbugs. 
also included are other unknown defendants. The case alleges that CTCL paid local boards $6.2 million and paid people to commit election fraud. If you saw something, say something. Email me at natalieaboss13 at gmail.com. Your information will be confidential. Make a difference, volunteer, or donate today to help with legal costs. Send checks payable to Charlton Scientific 501c3 nonpartisan nonprofit to P.O. Box 370, Woodsboro, Maryland 21798. For more information, email natalieaboss13 at gmail.com. Help us ensure free and fair elections. Thank you. Success Happens is brought to you in part by Flamingo Pool Supply, Industry Lane Frederick, the best for your pool today. The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Free Talk, 930 WFMD. Good morning and welcome to Success Happens. I have with me this morning Robin Sachs. And Robin has been an incredible force in this movement to ensure that we have free and fair elections. In other words, to identify the issues and to begin the process, I would say, of rectifying the problems. Now, that requires some legal battles, and it shouldn't be this hard, frankly, to ensure we have a free and fair election. But Robin has done an amazing job with Maryland Voter Integrity Group and the thousands of people across the state that she's brought together to deal with this. And I just really appreciate your hard work. So good morning and welcome back to Success Happens, Robin. Great, thanks, Jen. Very happy to be here. Good morning. What's it been like seeing all that you see and knowing all that you know about the election issues when you hear people saying, well, you're just an election denier? Yes, I wear that badge proudly. I deny that we are having elections. So yes, you can definitely call me an election denier. Um, there's nothing about what we are seeing with Maryland's elections or really most elections around the country that look um, natural. Part of it is, you know, part of it is the process itself, the fact that we are letting Edison data, who is who gives the, um, you know, election night reporting to the AP and the New York Times that then goes to the TV stations, many people notice that the governor's race was called for Westmore with not even 1% in. And people are like, well, wait a minute here. How can you call a race when the percentages on the TV were under 1%? Um, I actually had a couple of reporters contact me to say, do you think this could be possibly be right? And I was like, no, because Edison looks at they, they say themselves, they look at things like exit polling, um, past elections, et cetera, et cetera. So how are we letting this, um, in a sense, a media company call our elections before any votes have been counted? So I think that that in and of itself is, is a big problem. Well, and when you look at the conspiracy, and I'm going to call it that, mm -hmm. between high tech 
communications companies, frankly, many of whom have an FCC license, so they're beholden to some standard. Mm-hmm. But these tech companies, these com companies, these news, quote, air quote, news outlets, yep. they're all in cahoots. So, yeah. of course, they're. it's like they're sitting there with their crystal ball. No, they've yeah. already decided who's going to win. That's and then certainly what it begins that. to seem like. Yeah, and then they work toward that outcome, right? So let's go to some of the things that you witnessed in the in the 2022 general election. Can you give us some specific instances, Robin, that you are tracking right now that may be taking, uh, maybe they're taking a look at it at the local board of election level. Maybe yep. it's happening at the state. What's going on right now? Let's let's cover some specific instances because I think people want to know, is this us just making this stuff up or is it right. indeed verified? Yeah, we have, I will tell you this, we have a lot of reports. Um, uh, Kate, I don't know if she wants me to give her last name, but someone named Kate who has been tracking um, tracking reports from the hotline, which you probably recall we had going and we had the attorneys from the Republican Lawyers you know, National Association. So we have about- the day of, let me just give that to the list. That was the day of the election. We had all that going on, exactly. right? Exactly. So we have about 65 um, reports. I would say some of the more troubling ones, and I'll give you an example, which I'm calling the Clarksville anomaly, because this was a poll watcher report from Clarksville Middle School in Howard County. Um, And what we had there was um, the machines, the machine number one, two, and three, um, not adding up to the total number of people who checked in. So he brought this to the attention of the chief election judge and she agreed that, so well, what we have specific, a, Robin, let's get the specifics. So how many right. votes? So and we had 1,866 people check in, but the three machines only tabulated 895 um, votes. There were also 69 provisional. The main thing is there's a 971 difference between what the total was and what the machines counted. So that's that's a definite concern that you know got run up um, first to the Howard County Board of Elections. They couldn't explain it. And then it went to the Maryland Board of Elections. And we have not gotten any explanation for this, just that they are, you know, researching it. And and by the way, that is one of the problems is that a lot of our people at the county level, you know, let's say in Harford County, where the We the People group did canvassing and actually found, you know, the abandoned homes um, that people voted from, the 151 people who had moved but voted, things like that. And you get the information to the Board of Elections, and then you never know what happens to it. So well, they should have a duty to report back on their findings we have a right to know we absolutely do and i think that that's you know one 
big thing that's been uncovered through this whole, if you want to call it election integrity movement, is that, um, you know, we don't get answers back. And uh, the person that I had originally worked with over there, Donna Duncan, left this year, um, you know. And so, I mean, the thing is, it is very frustrating. And what is also um, extremely troubling is that the Maryland Voter Integrity Group, along with, you know, Mackey um, from Michael's campaign was going to help and a bunch of others, um, you know, for the double check. And all we wanted to do there was have a Republican and a Democrat in every precinct just double check that the machine tabulation and the count matched. And that in, in is what Andy, in a sense, did by looking at those tabulator t tapes by machine. So the good news is we now know that we need to do that every time. We need to have poll watchers take each machine tape and add it up and make sure that it matches the total. Um, that is very important because, you know, he may have spotted something that, um, you know, it seems like no one had an answer for. We thought we would get this answered really quickly. And uh, unfortunately, we did not. So. Okay, so moving on from that instance. So what I hear is that there's a, not an accountability. There's not a reporting back. There's not a respect for, honestly. Nope. The, the voter and our right to know. No, I think they look at us as more like, um, you know, annoying, like meddling kids. I think I had heard someone use that as a, as you know, a way of saying it. But really, it's just citizens who know. I mean, you know, if you look at like John Fetterman, who, you know, it's unfortunately he had this stroke and could hardly speak. But the idea that he won the way he did against Dr. Oz, a TV star who had, you know, so much awareness. Um, Carrie Lake against Katie Hobbs, where Katie Hobbs won't debate Carrie, you know, in her basement, so to speak. I mean, all these people, look at even with Dan, the fact that Wes would not debate Dan except for that one. Nor would Kelly in the primary. So was the fix in? It really begs the question, was the fix in? You're listening to Success Happens. We're going to take a quick break. That's an interview I did with Robin Sachs with the uh, Maryland Voter Integrity Group about some of the specific anomalies across the state that have been occurring that have compromised the quality and the integrity of your vote. We'll be right back. Success Happens is brought to you in part by Flamingo Pool Supply, Industry Lane Frederick, the best for your pool today. When was the last time you had fresh homemade ice cream? Sweeties on the Creek is making ice cream. Stop in and taste our fresh made selections, including dairy free and all natural flavors. Enjoy a fresh cup of coffee with creamy shaker sundae. Taste a new fun flavor or an old yummy favorite. Sweeties, fresh made from cow to cone. Sweeties on the Creek, just up from Market Street. We're scooping now. It's all about your car. Call in with questions to Dave Serio beginning in less than 30 minutes right here on 930 WFMD. Welcome back to 
success happens. I'd like to finish this interview that we uh, have with Robin Sachs. Take a listen to the rest of the show. And I just thank you again for you being with us here at Success Happens. Stay tuned for some exciting changes coming up toward the new year. And God bless you all. Give me one more instance, Robin. Well, the other example we have, and we had this in the primary too, and so I certainly contacted the various candidates to say, hey, we see some very odd things in the data coming from Edison, and we also see it in the general election, which um, the, the way the results come in seem to be tied to one another, as, is, as if Dan's results are a percentage of Wes Moore's results, as if Michael Peruca's results are a percentage of whoever he was running against. And so this is a consistent thing that we've been seeing in the Edison data that makes it look like possibly an algorithm ran. Um, I've been trying to blow the whistle on that one, as you probably know, um, for the last year and a half, because Draza Smith had found um, you know, a PID controller algorithm is what she thought the actual type of algorithm that ran in the, um, in 2020, the 2022, it almost looks more simple as if it's just a proportional algorithm, like, you know, okay, this person's going to be getting, you know, uh, out of a hundred percent, this person's going to get 65%, this person will get 35%. But if you look at the, um, how the votes came in, it does not look natural. Now, perhaps that's because Edison, it isn't natural, right? As we just said, it's just like what they're putting out there bears no resemblance, uh, honestly, to the final results. And the Maryland Board of Elections, when we took- or, or let me say it this way, or to reality. Yeah, and we took, we took one of our members, went to the Maryland Board of Elections about the Edison data, asked them about, the, it and they said not our data we don't have any comment not our data so the point is well if it's not your data and yet they're calling elections based on that data and we have candidates conceding on that data then we have a fundamental problem with our election systems in this country well, and in I fact my opinion that. no candidate the candidates should do what michael peruca does no candidate should be conceding until the votes are counted. Okay, so just to wrap up on this, and I really appreciate your time and calling in and, and, and giving us an update. The ratios are proportional. In other words, there's a direct correlation between the winner and the loser that's a, apparently fixed. In other well, words, they're resetting these outcomes. It looks, it looks like it could be fixed. And yes. that there's a predetermined outcome. I mean, that's those... how it looks on the data. I can get you the charts. Um, I have posted many of these on Facebook. And the other thing, just to give you one final example of something that we noticed, probably a lot of people with Neil Parrott's race saw that 2.30 in the morning drop of approximately, quote unquote, 10,000 um, ballots at 2.30 in the morning. Um, I think they gave the, you know, said, oh, these are mail-in ballots. But, you know, I've spoken to people at the Board of Elections and, and county boards, you know, just to say, is, is this normal? And they didn't think it was all that normal because nobody's working that time in the morning. Well, hold on, That's hold on one. one second. 
it cannot be normal to lose votes. Yes, and that was the other thing, right? (laughs) That he lost votes that we see two times where the votes went down and that's been documented. And we did, we actually did get that to Neil. um, Because my thing is, again, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like, this bears some type of investigation. What is going on? How can votes be going down in an election? Okay, so something's not right here. Well, there must be accountability. The last thing I want to say is when you look at transparency in government, RFPs, and utilization of vendors mm-hmm. and outsourcing certain services, they've created a shell game with so many subs that they can mask all of the processes in a way that when you add it all up, it looks like it leads to election fraud. It looks that way. Because you have all of these different um, companies and then the government can say, well, it's not our our process, it's theirs. And then they can say, oops, it's not our data, it's theirs. So everybody's hands off and nobody has responsibility for the outcome. And we, the people, get screwed. That's really what happened. Well, I agree. And, you know, one thing I like to say a lot is elections without transparency deserve the full presumption of fraud. So we need a new system. I personally, after everything I've seen in the last two years, would highly, highly recommend a paper ballot system with hand tabulation at the precinct level. That will give us the best and most fair elections. It won't stop ballot harvesting or ballot stuffing or anything like that. But I think one thing we had seen with the electronic poll books is that may allow them to get those um, mail-in ballots exactly where they need them. And having electronics and computers in an election system and seeing what we're seeing in the data would lead one to believe that if you truly cared about election integrity, you would go back to a paper ballot system with hand tabulation, just like France does. And by the way, they get the results in that evening because they bring out the community to count the votes with them. It's actually a really lovely system and one that I think we should go to um, if we were serious about having election integrity. So here's the thing. If you're part of the corruption, you have no interest in fixing the corruption or the system by which people are corrupting. (laughs) So I think that the only way this is going to happen is when we, the people, force it through the legal process. The problem is the candidates are put at a financial disadvantage if they challenge that, let's say, Neil's uh, voting numbers went down coinkadinkly in the middle of the night. We actually saw that seemed to be a 10,000-vote drop. Um, He went down, actually, it was just a couple thousand he went down. It was 1,994. There was a systematic adjustment to make sure in my opinion, they don't exceed the voter universe. Yes, I think While they're influxing in mail-in ballots that have been created, conjured up, or magically appearing from wherever. So 
it appears that that's what's going on. The point is that the candidates should not be at a financial disadvantage to ensure that their candidacy is protected. That should actually be a government cost, and that would fix some of the issues because these guys don't want to incur a ten or fifteen or thirty thousand dollar cost to challenge these elections. I get that. Right, right. And I even, we offered to help them raise money. I mean, I think that the people, as they did for Tina Peters, would come together to raise the money. But I think I agree with you. At the end of the day, the remedy will probably have to be through the legal system because just the citizens trying to do this, the state board, whatever, I mean, they're just kind of ignoring us oh they're totally because they listen if they get caught they're all going to jail so nobody's going to i mean whoever's participating in this this alleged voter fraud and alleged election fraud anybody who's participating as far as i'm concerned it's not just a felony you're trying to take down our country because this is happening across the country it's not a one-off in clarksville Right, right, so, exactly. So, In fact, um, if you, you know, you look at uh, China and asymmetric warfare, you know, being able to, um, you know, if you want to say it, take a country without firing a shot and doing doing it through elections, it's actually quite clever. And if we look at what's going on in Brazil right now with the, you know, communist candidate Lula, well, it looks really familiar, you know, and I know that by having the Congress, our, you know, Republican Congress is talking about doing investigations. And particularly, I happened to hear Jim Banks today talking about looking into the connections with China. So I do think that um, with everything that we saw with that one company, you know, out of China that was involved with the election systems, you know, in L.A. County, you probably are very familiar with all of that, um, you know, that that would lead one to believe that, you know, what Mike Lindell's been saying, that we could have been hacked and could be hacked. Um, so let me just say this, and and I really thank you so much for being with us. And, and you have been, like I said, an incredible force, but there's many, many people working with you. Yes. Everyone, you have to be willing to look at the truth. We have to be willing to look at the truth. And listen, if we're wrong, we're wrong. But let's have access to the information and let's have full transparency. Okay. That is exactly, that's really all we're looking for as well to have free, fair, and transparent elections. Um, whether people win or lose, it's the process itself needs to be fair. And right now, I think most Americans, you know, do not believe that the process is fair. Well, and if you look at what they did in these Senate races that were, Laxalt in 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 Nevada lost by 0.9%. They got the other fellow just over or woman just over the finish line to take down Laxalt. The yeah, this changed the complexion of the Congress and it changed the complexion of the Senate so that if indeed there were to be some house moves the Senate would be required, let's say, in the case of impeachment, the Senate would be required to to prosecute that exactly. through. So they could not let the Senate go to the Republicans' hands or 
there would be hell to pay. Thank you, Robin. I'm Jennifer Charlton. This is Success Happens. Like and share my podcast wherever you got them. Rate us five stars because we're awesome. And subscribe. Success Happens every Saturday right here at 9 a.m. on WFMD. Have an awesome week.